So it is the third Sunday in Advent. Uh, the season of Advent lasts for four weeks. It is the four Sundays preceding uh, Christmas Day. Um, and so next Sunday will be the last of those. We mark those days with the lights on the Advent wreath, uh, which, which give us a marking of time uh, as we approach and draw near to everything being illuminated uh, by the light of Christ. You'll notice uh, that one of our candles is different, uh, just as uh, the plastics in, in Mean Girls wear pink on Wednesday. On the third Sunday, we light pink. Um, the pink candle is, is, is a sign of rejoicing. Uh, it doesn't carry the dark undertones of repentance uh, that we see in the deep blues and purples sometimes. So if you have an Advent wreath at home uh, that has one candle of a different color, today is the day whether you liked three purple and one, one pink or three blue and one pink, uh, today is the day to light that rose-colored or pink one uh, for the rejoicing of this third Sunday of Advent. We draw back a little bit in our story on this third Sunday. Uh, we both draw nearer to the Christmas story itself as we hear about Joseph, the husband of Mary and the guardian of Jesus. And we also draw back further as we think about the first Joseph. The first Joseph, I want to begin there. The first Joseph uh, is an interesting story. Uh, this, this younger son uh, who talks over and over again about how he is going to rule over his brothers. And it turns out that big brothers don't like it when their little brothers tell them how much better and more important they are than them. Uh, and, and if you know this story, what follows after Genesis 37 is uh, Joseph's brothers do what every set of big brothers threaten to do. They beat him up, throw him in a hole, and sell him off to gypsies. Uh, and uh, he gets carried away uh, into Egypt. Uh, and that's how the people of, of, of Israel wind up in Egypt, uh, is, is through Joseph the dreamer. But his dreams come to pass. It turns out that God was in fact speaking to Joseph through his dreams. And when his brothers come down to Egypt, Joseph is already there in a position of power because of his ability to interpret dreams and to advise Pharaoh. He is, it seems, Pharaoh's right-hand man. And so everything that Joseph dreamed came to pass. That's the connection that we sometimes miss to the story in Matthew and the Joseph we encounter in Matthew. In Matthew, Joseph is informed entirely about what is happening with Mary through dreams. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said to him, in fact, if we continue this story through Matthew 1, it happens again to Joseph that when Herod is enraged and goes to kill all of the male children of Bethlehem, two years of old and under, an angel appears to the Lord and tells them to flee to Egypt. And so Joseph is again called by a dream. And the Holy Family become refugees of fleeing uh, the violence of Herod uh, to Egypt. 
Now, we don't talk about dreams in our church and in our culture as much as Scripture does. Scripture comes back to dreams again and again and again as ways that God talks. Now, to be clear, I think the most recent thing that I learned from my dreams is that it's probably not a good idea to try and saddle and ride a shark. Right? Like, that's kind of what my dreams are often like. They don't make a whole lot of sense. It's not saying that every dream is that important, but that occasionally God speaks to us in that way. Occasionally, God calls us in the middle of the night with a quiet, hard-to-understand voice. I think it's less about the manner of the dream and more about how it is this subtle Speaking of God, when I went to seminary, there were all sorts of people around me who were in their second and sometimes their third careers. And they said, you know, I tried to avoid going into ministry until eventually God's call became so loud that I couldn't avoid it. Sometimes God calls us with a two by four to the head because we're not paying attention. Sometimes God speaks through a burning bush through fire and thunder and lightning on the mountain. But sometimes, sometimes God speaks in a still, small voice. That's what the stories of these Josephs remind us of. That we need to quiet ourselves and pay attention. Always pay attention. Wake awake, for night is flying, says the old hymn. Pay attention. Pay attention throughout the day as we run from appointment to appointment and, and chore to chore and errand to errand. Pay attention even through the night as God speaks sometimes through our dreams and visions. On the day of Pentecost, Peter says it as well. Your young will have visions and your elders will dream dreams. Sometimes God lays things on our hearts that work their way into every aspect of our minds. I recall this summer, I, I, I have always prefaced my talk about dreams by saying that I've, I've never really felt that God reached out and spoke to me until by my, through my dreams until this summer. And I found myself waking up in the middle of the night yelling and screaming at one particular person over and over again. Turns out, that person and my relationship with them, I needed to offer forgiveness. I needed to reach out and restore and reconcile that relationship. And my dreams were one of the ways that God spoke to me quietly and subtly in the midst of all that. It's not the only way God talks, but it's one. And in this season of Advent, this time of dwelling in the long nights, 
of watching through the night. We're reminded of the importance of all those things that happen during these longest nights of the year. And we're called to pay attention. A thing that I have learned over the course of 14 years of ministry. God is still speaking. God did not stop speaking with Joseph and his brothers in Egypt. And God did not stop speaking with Joseph and Mary. And God did not stop speaking with Peter and Paul. And God does not stop speaking today. God speaks, in my experience, to all those who follow God. The question is not whether or not God is speaking. The question is not whether or not God is providing guidance for our lives. The question is not whether or not God has a call for us. The question is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? I invite you this week to that. I would invite you to pay attention. Slow down. Pause before responding. At the end of each day, reflect. Where did I see God today? I guarantee you God is showing up in your life, and in your world. So take a moment at the end of each of these days this week and ask, where did God show up today? As you go through your day, you might notice, once you begin this practice, that you are paying a little bit more attention because you're watching for those moments when God shows up. Because you're listening for those moments when God shows up. God sometimes whispers in the dark. And those are often the most important messages. Not the great momentous mountaintop moments. But the small whispers. Have you ever noticed the difference between the people who whisper and the people who shout? Very often in our world, hate shouts, fear shouts, and love whispers. Together, we are called to listen to the voice of love that whispers in the dark, that calls out to each one of us, and calls us to witness that God is with us today, that God is walking alongside us today, and that God is calling us to love, to faith, and to hope, this day and always.